Welcome to the Old Time Radio Superman Show from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, adam at adamsweb.us, and be sure and rate the show on iTunes. Also, uh, I do encourage you to pick up my Christmas ebook, Superhero Comedy, The Spade of Santa. It's available for 99 cents in the Kindle store. That's The Speed of Santa, available for 99 cents, and you can get it for free if you're a Kindle Unlimited uh, customer, or you can check it out for free as a Prime member with the Kindle Owners Lending Library. All right, well, now it's time for today's episode of Superman. The original air date, November the 16th of 1949. And this is The Puzzle of the Poison Pomegranate. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. The Adventures of Superman. Planet Krypton, home of a race of supermen, exploded into dust. The sole survivor was an infant boy who had been shot to earth in a sealed rocket. Today, that boy grown to manhood is known as Superman, sworn enemy of the forces of evil. To aid him in his never-ending fight for truth and justice, he masquerades as Clark Kent, crime reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. His secret is carefully guarded. No one is aware that Kent is Superman. No one but you. <laughs> Join with us now on ABC as we embark on another of Superman's transcribed adventures as the Man of Steel in his guise of Clark Kent, crime reporter, solves a baffling murder in The Puzzle of the Poisoned Pomegranate. The lifeblood of a great daily paper is news. News that travels from the far corners of the earth by cable and radio. News from country hamlets and teeming cities. News of big people and of little people. News of life and of death. And behind each blazing headline, behind each neatly printed column of type, is a story. Sometimes gay, sometimes sad, sometimes brutal. This is a brutal story. Because it is a story of jealousy, of greed, and of murder. Our scene is a small reception room on the fourth floor of the Chemical Institute in the city of Metropolis. Lois Lane, reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, is waiting to interview Dr. Benson King, famous biochemist. We find her conversing with Helene Carter, Dr. King's secretary. This must be fascinating work, Miss Carter, knowing that at any moment you may be on the threshold of a, well, a world-shattering discovery. Yes, it is fascinating. Of course, like anything else, it has its trying moments. This one, for instance. I know your appointment with Dr. King was for 3 o'clock sharp, and it's now 3.20. Oh, don't worry about uh, it, please. I've waited longer than this for far less important people. This is Dr. King's laboratory day, and since he's running his final test on a new antibiotic, he must operate under completely antiseptic conditions. Yes, of course I... He's uh, in lab 3, that room over there. It's a germ-free lab, and of course the door can't be opened until he's through and ready to come out. Really, it's perfectly all right. Uh, if it were any other lab, I'd go in and tell him you're here. I wish you wouldn't bother. I haven't another thing to do. 
We we could fill in a few gaps, however, while I'm waiting. Uh, let me just glance over these uh, notes. Uh, yes, this new antibiotic that um, Dr. King is working on, he believes is a positive cure for tuberculosis, doesn't he? Well, he believes it may be a cure. Nothing is positive. No, of course not. My choice of words was bad. How long has he been working on this particular project? Uh, since 1945. That's five years. Yes, uh, excuse me. Can I help you, Dr. Willis? Is, uh, Dr. King still in the lab? Yes. It's almost 3.30. I know. I don't care, except that I've got those auromycin cultures ready, and they won't hold stable. You wanted to see them. I'm sure you'll be out any minute now. Miss Lane, this is Dr. Willis, Dr. King's assistant. How do you do, Doctor? Uh, Miss Lane is with the Daily Planet. She had an appointment for a three o'clock interview with Dr. King. I see. Please don't let me interfere with anything. Those uh, oromycin cultures, whatever they are, sound far more important than any interview. Well, it isn't. They're more so important. We can always culture more. As a matter of fact, Miss Carter, if it is a bad day for Dr. King, I could just as... What was that? Did it come from three? Yes, it's the monkey. Oh, is Dr. King working with those little Reese's monkeys? Monkeys and guinea pigs. Really? On earth is going on in there. Sounds like the monkey's loose. I'm going to open the door. Dr. Willis, you can't. That's a sterile lab. I know. You have no right to open that door. No right whatsoever. I don't like the sound of things in there. Whether you like them or not, opening the door of that lab may ruin a year's work and nobody knows it better than you do. I'm still going to open it. Remember, Dr. Willis, I warn you. I'll remember, Miss Carter. Monkey's loose and... Heaven. What is it? Oh, what happened, Dr. Willis? Look, on, on the floor. Dr. King? Yes, with blood on his mouth and on the front of his laboratory gown. I'll call an ambulance. Don't bother, Miss Carter. He's dead. Oh, excuse me. A car can, please. Oh, why do they always take so long when it's important? Please, please, I must use that phone. I've got to call the police. Never mind, I'll take care of that. This is a terrible tragedy. Yes, Mickey. Uh, Clark, excuse me. Uh, this is Lois. Oh, hi. Look, I'm at the Chemical Institute. I had an appointment with Dr. Benson King, and we just found him dead in his laboratory. Oh, heart attack? No, no, it looks bad. What do you mean? Well, I can't talk. You better come on over. Okay. Uh, pick up Inspector Henderson on your way. I will. Don't let anyone touch anything. Right. Uh, Dr. Willis. Yes? I suggest you close the door to that lab and wait out here with us until the police arrive. I'm Inspector Henderson, Metropolis Police Department. Where's the body? Right in that room, Inspector. Mind if I have a look at it with you, Inspector? Kent, you know it wouldn't do me any good to mind, so why bother? Now, you'd better all find chairs and sit down because you're going to be here for some time. All right, come along, Kent. All right. Close the door. Okay. Well, there's no question about this one. Place looks like a cyclone hit it. Broken glass, stools turned over. Are there any marks on the body? No, can't see any. Just the blood, eh? It isn't blood. What's that? It's much too red. Oh, wait a don't touch anything, Ken. Huh? Just the front of his gown, Inspector. Huh. Smells like fruit juice. Like fruit juice? Yep. Sticky, too. Well, so's blood. Let's leave that for the medical examiner, Kent. If this room doesn't show signs of a struggle, I never saw one that did. Yeah, all the windows are sealed. Wonder where this door leads to. Oh, it's a walk-in refrigerator. Oh, I wish that monkey had stopped chattering. What are you doing, Kent? Nothing, just looking. Look, this, uh, this Dr. King was a big man, wasn't he? 
of the country's leading biochemist. Well, why would anybody want to knock off a guy like that? Maybe nobody did. Oh, you don't think he was murdered? Not sure. What would you like, an affidavit from the corpse? Well, if it is murder, it wasn't done violently. Oh, I see. Yes, he broke the bottle, kicked over the stool, spilled that pitcher of water or whatever it is, and then quietly choked himself to death. Eh? We'll see. Kent, you're a crackerjack reporter, but you wouldn't last a week on the homicide squad. Come on, I've seen enough. And that monkey is driving me nuts. Let's get the story on this. All right, now. Now, let's start from the beginning. Now, when did you find the body? It was Had a done. All right, wait, 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 wait. One at a time, if you please. Uh, Miss, uh... Carter. Carter? All right, go ahead, please. Well, it was 3.25. And who was the last one to see Dr. King alive? I was, I think. When? Uh, at, uh, 9 o'clock this morning, I, I gave him his thermos bottle of milk and his uh, fruit just before he went into the lab. Well, what was that for? Well, it was Dr. King's lunch. Mm-hmm. And you didn't see him again until you found him dead on the floor at 325? No, he was supposed to come out at 3 to keep an appointment with Miss Lane. I see. Okay. May I ask Miss Carter a question? Oh, now, Ken. I think you'll find the answer interesting. Go ahead. Miss Carter, what kind of fruit did Dr. King take into the lab with him? Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know. You said you gave it to him, didn't you? With a thermos bottle of milk? Yes, I, I did. Well, let me think. I believe there was... There was an apple and, a, and uh, a banana. Nothing else? Oh, skip it, Ken, will you? We've got a job to do here. Okay, Inspector. Now then, Mr. Uh... I'm Dr. Willis. I was Dr. King's assistant. I see. Well, when did you last see him that is alive? At about 6.30 last night. He told me he'd completed the final paperwork on his new antibiotic. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold it. What is an antibiotic? Well, stated simply, it's a type of germ-destroying biologic growth. Penicillin, streptomycin, and auromycin are antibiotics. Uh-huh. And okay, I said, go ahead. Uh, Dr. King mentioned he'd completed the paperwork and was going to do the final laboratory test the following day. All right, that's go on. Today. Go ahead. I'm afraid that's all. I worked on the third floor until a little after three when I came up here. At 325, when I heard unusual sounds coming from the lab Dr. King was working in, I opened the door. Mm-hmm. Well, suppose you tell us what you found, Doctor. Dr. King was lying on the floor, obviously dead. Well, how was it obvious? His eyes were open and fixed, his lower jaw had dropped, and his limbs Is were... all that horrible detail necessary? I'm afraid it is, Miss Carter. Now, you were saying something about his limbs, Doctor. Yes, they had begun to stiffen. Did you touch the body? No, I did not. Then how did you know it was stiffening? From the position of the arms and legs. Oh. What else did you notice in the room? Well, for one thing, the test monkey had somehow gotten out of its cage. Hmm. Who put it back in? Why, Nobody. Miss Lane's suggestion, I closed the door until you arrived. That's right, Inspector. No one has been in that room since we found Dr. King's body on the floor. Uh, couldn't the monkey have just gone back into the cage of its own accord? Well, that's undoubtedly what happened. Is it, Doctor? Well, how do you account for the fact that the cage door is bolted from the outside? I'm afraid I can't account for it. However, from the line of your questioning, I take it you're assuming that there has been foul play involved. Put it bluntly, that Dr. King was murdered. I'm not assuming anything. Uh, does that mean we're under arrest? No, Miss Carter, no, it doesn't. If you leave your address and telephone number, and that applies to you too, Dr. Willis. Yes, you can go now. We'll call you if we need you. Oh, wait a minute. There's just one more thing. Do either one of you know of anyone who might have had a reason, either fancied or real, for taking Dr. King's life? Miss Carter? No, I can't think of anyone. Dr. Willis. If I may, Inspector, I should like to withhold my answer to that question until the final determination is made as to whether or not Dr. King was murdered. For what reason? 
Well, I don't feel justified in arousing suspicions at this time. If Dr. King was murdered, I may have something interesting to tell you. I see. Well, I'm going back to headquarters. I'll be in touch with you. Oh, come in, Miss Lane. Thank you. Kent. Anything new, Inspector? Yes, I just got the post-mortem report. Was it murder? Arsenic. Uh-oh. He was dead two to three hours. Had to put it somewhere between 12.25 and 1.25. And you were right about the blood, Kent. You mean it wasn't blood? No, it was fruit juice. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that does it. It does what? Well, you better tell him, Clark. There's no sense in holding it back now. You holding something back, Kent? Just that Miss Carter lied to you. Oh, she did, eh? When? She told you she gave Dr. King a thermos bottle of milk and some fruit for his lunch. That's right. When I questioned her, she said the fruit was an apple and a banana. You remember that? Uh-huh. She didn't mention the pomegranate. What pomegranate? The fruit juice stains in Dr. King's mouth and on the front of his laboratory robe came from a red pulp pomegranate. Well, well, how do you know? I saw the same stains on the laboratory table where King had evidently cut the pomegranate, and half hidden under his body was a quarter of the fruit that had been bitten into. Well, why didn't you tell me this before? I tried to, but you shut me up, remember? Clark's very sensitive, you know, Inspector. Anyway, I decided to wait until the medical examiner's report was in. Well, what's the matter of it, then? The pomegranate was poisoned, and the Carter girl poisoned it, eh? That's the way it might figure. Well, now, no, wait a minute. If King bit into a quarter of the pomegranate and dropped dead, then what happened to the rest of it? Ah, now you've got me. You're checking everything in that room, I suppose. Yes, Hannigan's up there now with a the crew from the police lab. Well, I suggest we take a run up there and see what they've found. All right, let's go. There's a complete list of everything in the room, Inspector. Even the monkey. Well, let's have the important stuff first. Did you find a quarter of a pomegranate that was bitten into? Yeah, it was under the body, loaded with arsenic. Yeah. What about the other three quarters? No sign of it. But we ran a test on the milk in the thermos bottle. Yes? That's loaded, too, enough arsenic to kill a horse. Oh, no. Well, that Carter girl wasn't taking any chances, was she? Funny thing about the milk, Inspector, none of it was drunk. The bottle's full right up to the top. Well, sure, he ate the pomegranate first. Find anything else? Ah, uh, let's see, uh... Now, four bottles of poison on the table. Arsenic, cyanide, curare, and digitalis. And four hypodermic syringes and needles, each with a trace of one of the poisons. Three dead guinea pigs in the icebox, and one live one in a small basket under the table. Everything else is routine. Okay, get the important stuff down to headquarters, then, and we're through here. Inspector. Yes, Kent? Would you have an autopsy done on the three dead guinea pigs so that we'll know what killed them? Well, who cares? It may be important. All right, if it'll make you happy. One more thing. There's a missing link here, something that doesn't gel. Yeah, what is it? The rest of that pomegranate. It's got to be somewhere in this room. It didn't go up in smoke. Well, of course not. The Carter girl had access to the room all day. She came in and got it after King died. Why didn't she take the fourth quarter, the important one? Probably couldn't find it. It didn't under the body. Maybe she got panicky. I don't know. Why didn't she get rid of the poison milk? Oh, now, look, Kent, I'm not the murderer. Oh, I don't think Miss Carter is either. Well, if she isn't, she's a darn good facsimile. You've got to admit, Clark, that all the evidence... Wait a minute. Well, now what? Yeah, here's the answer. The answer to what? Come here. Well, we're waiting. Wait a minute, I'm looking for the third one. Oh, oh, there it is. What, Clark? Three pieces of pomegranate peel on the floor of the monkey's cage. Well? One in this corner. Look. One over to the left, and one back about halfway. You see them? Well, yes, I see them, but 
What does it prove? The monkey was out of its cage when they opened the door of the room this afternoon. Yes. Obviously, he got hold of the three quarters of the pomegranate, took it back into his cage, and ate the oh, fruit. Kent, you're crazy. What? If one quarter of the pomegranate had enough arsenic in it to kill a man, what do you think three quarters would have done to the monkey? Just look at him. He couldn't be more alive. Now, that means one of two things. Either the pomegranate wasn't poisoned at all, or only the quarter that Dr. King started to eat had arsenic in it. I don't know why I stand here discussing this with you, Kent. The piece of pomegranate we found under King's body was loaded with arsenic. It was loaded. But then the rest wasn't poisoned. Well, that doesn't make sense, No, Paul. not only doesn't it make sense, but it's ridiculous. Why would anyone set out to poison just one quarter of a pomegranate? It depends on who did it. It also depends on whether the motive was murder. Yes. Say that again. The motive for poisoning the pomegranate may not have been murder. Now, I thought that's what you said. Are you feeling all right? I feel fine, thank now, you. Now, Clark, really, you're not making any sense. Why would anyone go to the trouble of poisoning a pomegranate if the motive wasn't murder? I told you, it depends on who did it. What difference does it make who did it? Arsenic is a deadly poison. Everybody knows it's a deadly poison. All right. You don't put arsenic in a pomegranate, a, a plum, a peach, or a pear, or a pot of coffee, unless you're planning to kill somebody. You, yes. What do you mean, me, Yes. Well, I'm not sure yet, so I can't talk. Oh, Clark. Oh, why, oh, why do I put up with this? There must be easier ways of earning a living. Look, Kent, will you do me a favor? Sure, if I can. Well, you can. Just go away. Huh? Go back to your newspaper office and sit on your typewriter. On my typewriter? Well, at your typewriter, then. As soon as we clean this stuff out of here and get it down to headquarters, I'm going to pick up that Carter girl. And I promise you that I'll call you and give you her complete confession. Thanks, Inspector, but I can do better than that. Yeah, meaning what? I'll deliver Dr. King's murderer to you before midnight tonight. Oh, you will, eh? Yes, but it won't do you any good. Then why not? Because Dr. King's murderer is completely innocent. Coming, Lois? Where to? I want to buy a pomegranate. You want a big pomegranate or a small one? It doesn't matter any size. How's it this one? Oh, that's fine. How much? At 25 cents. Okay, here you are. Thank you. You call again. Well, now that we've got the pomegranate talk, what are we going to do with it? Nothing at the moment. It's uh, 9.30. I think first we'll pay a call on Dr. Willis. What for? I need the answers to some technical questions. Taxi! <laughs> from what you tell me, Mr. Kent, that the police know who killed Dr. King? Not quite, Dr. Willis. They know how he met his death. It was arsenic poisoning. I find that a little hard to believe unless... unless it was suicide. No, no, it wasn't suicide. As a matter of fact, there were four bottles of poison on the laboratory table. Arsenic was one of them. Would you know what use Dr. King was making of poisons? Well, that's a difficult question to answer, Mr. Kent. Any one of the number of uses... Or would he have injected poisons into guinea pigs for any reason? Yes, he might have. Oh? Unfortunately, I can't be of much help since I'm not familiar with the latter part of Dr. King's research. I see. I worked closely with him on the initial experiments, but he seemingly preferred handling the final tests himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, Dr. Willis, are arsenic crystals soluble in water? Uh, true arsenic is a metal. As such, is not water-soluble. However, a compound, arsenious oxide is. I see. Well, now, just one more question, if you don't mind. Not at all. You told Inspector Henderson that once it was established that Dr. King had been murdered, you might have some interesting information. Yes, I have, Mr. Kent, but I feel it should be revealed to the police, not to newspaper reports. Oh, I assure you, Dr. Willis, whatever you tell us will be referred to Inspector Henderson. I don't question that for a moment, Miss Lane. But since my information concerns Miss Carter and is by way of being confidential, 
Well, I'm sure you understand my position. You suspect Miss Carter of being involved in Dr. King's death, don't you? Whether I do or not, Mr. Kent, is immaterial. My suspicions have no bearing on the case. However, in casting about for a motive... No, I withdraw that. Did Miss Carter have a motive for murdering Dr. King? I prefer not to answer that question at this time. Well, when will you answer it? At Inspector Henderson's request. No. We're not going to press you, Doctor. Thanks for talking to us. It's quite all right. Good night, Dr. Willis. Good night, Miss Lane. Good night, sir. Good night. Well, what do you think you accomplished by that? Wait a minute. Clark, what are you doing? I'm listening. You can't hear anything through that door. And anyway, he's alive. Please, quiet, Lois. Bringing into play Superman's keenly developed hearing, Kent, his ear glued to the door of Dr. Willis's apartment, picks up the metallic scrape of a telephone number being dialed. Miss Carter, this is Dr. Willis. Have you heard from the police yet? No, I haven't. Well, listen carefully. Mr. Kent and Miss Lane have just left my apartment. I think it's important that you meet me at the Institute immediately. Why? I can't tell you over the phone. Meet me on the fourth floor in Dr. King's office. Uh, you have a key, haven't you? Yes. Aren't the police still there? No. Mr. Kent said they moved out tonight. Uh, don't delay, please. Get there as soon as you can. So, that's how it is. What are you talking about? Come on, before he catches us out here. No, no, no. We, we, we can't wait for the elevator. Come on, down the stairs. Clark, stop pulling at me. What is this all about? Broth is beginning to bubble. I want you to get down to police headquarters, <laughs> collar Henderson, and take him to the Chemical Institute, to King's office on the fourth floor. Do you mind telling me why? Never mind why. Tell him to bring the bottle of arsenic and the hypodermic syringe and needle that had traces of arsenic in it. Oh, yes, and the results of the autopsy on the three dead guinea pigs. I don't get the point of this. There's only one point, Lois. We're about to solve the puzzle of the poison pomegranate. I'm sorry I took so long, Dr. Willis. I had trouble getting a cab. It's all right. Unlock the door. Why are we doing this? I'll explain everything. The light switch is on the left. I've got it. I'll close the door. Now, Miss Carter, I want you to open Dr. King's filing cabinet and give me all his antibiotic research notes, including the final report. What do you mean? You understand English, don't you? I want the results of Dr. King's research. I'm sorry, Dr. Willis, but I can't give it to you. Is that what you brought me down here for? That and other things. Now, let me have those keys. I'll open the cabinet myself. No, you can't. Dr. King's notes belong to the Institute. They belong to me. Dr. Willis. They belong to me. I did the original work on this project. I developed the first soil molds. Then he eased me out of the picture. He decided to carry on alone. Now that he's gone, I'm going to take over. You don't know what you're saying. Nobody knows better than I do. Now give me those keys. No, Dr. Willis. Give them to me. You're hurting me. I want those keys and I'm going to get them. There. Oh, man. You've lost your mind. Have I? And we'll see. Stand over against that wall. Hurry, do as I say. Well, that's better. Now, we'll open the window like this. Don't be frightened, Miss Carter. It's much easier this way, much faster. What are you talking about? The police know the milk in the thermos bottle was poisoned. <gasps> They'll be closing in on you soon. I'm going to save you from the disgrace and the humiliation. I'm going to make it easier for don't you. Don't touch me. Don't touch me or I'll scream. Scream your head off. The watchman is in the basement and the streets are deserted at this time of night. Being very kind to you, Miss Carter. You must understand Dr. that. Dr. Willis, I warn you. If you touch me, I'll... Don't struggle, Miss Carter. Don't prolong it. You're going out the window to a swift, merciful death. Oh, no, no. Yes, that's how it has to be. It was 
must look like suicide because suicide is a confession of guilt. Uh, goodbye, Miss Carter. <laughs> Over and done with. Over and done with. I never dreamed it would be that easy. Never. Oh, here we are. All the notes and the final report. Nothing can stop me now. <gasps> Who's there? Who's there? Mr. Kent. Hello, Dr. Willis. Uh, Mr. Kent, a tragic thing just happened. Miss Carter committed suicide. What? She jumped out that window. I, I, I couldn't stop her. What? Uh, soon after you and Miss Lane left my apartment, she called me, asked me to meet her here. Yes? I came down at once and found her with these notes and on Dr. King's research. She'd taken them out of Dr. King's confidential file, and she wanted to make a bargain with me because she knew I suspected her because of Walter Marsden. Who's Walter Marsden? Uh, her fiancé. He's president of the Marsden Chemical Company. Oh? Uh, that was the information I had for the police. I overheard Marsden tell Miss Carter that he'd give anything to get the exclusive rights to the manufacture of Dr. King's new antibiotic. And you believe that was her motive for murder? Yes, yes. Uh, tonight, she offered to cut me in on it. I rejected the offer and told her I was duty-bound to reveal what I knew to the police. Before I could move, she rushed to the window, opened it, and threw herself out. Poor misguided girl. Did she tell you how she murdered Dr. King? Yes, yes. She... She said she poisoned the milk in the thermos bottle. Oh. Uh, come in. What? Come in, Miss Carter. No. No, she did. I, I saw her go out the window. You mean you pushed her out the window? Oh, no, she's dead. She must be dead. Let me have those notes, what? Dr. Willis. No, no. When did you poison the milk, Dr. Willis? I didn't. She did. Too late for lies now. What? No one but the police, Miss Lane, and I knew the milk had been poisoned. And just a minute ago, you told me about it. What? You trapped, doctor. Get it off your conscience. <laughs> Yes, I did it. I, I did it. I did yeah. it. What in the name of heaven is going on here? Come in, Inspector. Lois, uh, Dr. Willis was just about to make a confession. What's that? Go ahead, Doctor. I... I treated the cork out of the thermos bottle with... with our senior oxide the night before. I poisoned the milk. I murdered Dr. King. Well, Kent, what is this? You know as well as I do that Dr. King didn't drink any of the milk. Well, I don't know. I'm coming to that. Did you bring the arsenic and the hypo? Well, yes, I did. What well, about the report on the three dead guinea pigs? Yeah, they're all poisoned. Cyanide, curare, and digitalis. Perfect. That leaves arsenic. Leaves it for what? Sit tight and I'll show you. I'm going to take the arsenic, the hypo, and this pomegranate I bought into the laboratory where Dr. King met his death. I'll be right back. I don't get this. Neither do I, Inspector, but Clark has something up his sleeve. Well, I hope it's more than his arm. Inspector, were you telling the truth? Didn't he drink the milk? Please, please, I must All know. All right, I'll deal with you later. Okay. Now we'll wait. We'll wait for what? The solution to the puzzle. In the meantime, suppose we let Miss Carter tell us why Dr. Willis attempted to murder Dr. King by poisoning the milk. Miss Carter? Well, it can be summed up in one word. Jealousy. Dr. Willis had talent. Dr. King was a genius. Talent is always envious of genius. Oh, but I didn't kill him. You said he didn't drink the milk. You, you <laughs> attempted two murders, Dr. King and Miss Carter. Miss Carter? When was this? He pushed her out that window. He what? pushed her out the window? What are you talking about? If she went out of that window, Superman she Superman caught her before she hit the pavement. Superman? What, what, oh, it's happening sooner than I expected. What's it? I want you all to stand in front of the door to the laboratory and watch carefully when I open the door. All set? Yeah, go ahead. Well, look! Hey, well, the monkey! He's got the hypo! 
Jocko. Yes, and he's injecting the arsenic into the pomegranate. Well, I can't believe my eyes. All right, Jocko, that's enough. Back into your cage, will you? Now, what's this? Hey. Look at that. He bolts the cage door with his tail. Right. That's how he got in and out. Can't you... You mean to say that the monkey poisoned the pomegranate that killed Dr. King? I'll reconstruct it for you. I wish you would. Dr. King was working with four poisons and four guinea pigs. Yeah. He filled four hypodermic syringes, each with one of the poisons. Then he injected three guinea pigs, one with cyanide, one with curare, and one with digitalis, leaving the fourth hypo, the arsenic hypo, still to be used. Yes. Well, I don't... well obviously, the monkey was watching all this. When Dr. King went into the refrigerated room to leave the three dead guinea pigs there, the monkey got out of its cage scampered up on the table, and imitated what Dr. King had done. Only he used the convenient pomegranate instead of a guinea pig. Then he got back into his cage. Go on. When Dr. King came out of the refrigerator, he evidently decided to have lunch. He cut the pomegranate into four sections. Well, you know the rest. Yes, but Clark, why wasn't the entire pomegranate poisoned? The monkey was clumsy. He stuck the hypo needle into one side of the fruit, not into the middle. Each red pomegranate seed has a tight skin. And evidently, the poison remained in just that one quarter section. I see. Well, now, wait a minute, though. Why did Miss Carter lie? Why did she say she'd given Dr. King an apple and a banana? Miss Carter? I didn't lie. Dr. King bought the pomegranate himself. He intended feeding it to the monkey. Why he ate part of it himself, I don't know. Oh. Well, you did it, Kent. And I apologize. Oh, that's not necessary, Inspector. And I hit the ceiling when you said the real murderer was innocent. You know, Kent... What, Inspector? Kent, sometimes I think you're Superman. (laughs) Inspector, you don't know what you're saying. And so ends the puzzle of the poisoned pomegranate on the adventures of Superman, which come to you now each week at this same time over many of these same ABC stations. Superman is a copyrighted transcribed feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines. The role of Superman is played by Bud Collier, Lois Lane by Joan Alexander. Music is composed and played by John Garth. This is Jackson Beck reminding you to be sure to listen next week to Death Rides the Roller Coaster on... The Adventures of Superman! This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Welcome back. Well, for quite a few minutes in this episode, I thought that I was uh, doing a program for great detectives. Very much a mystery, uh, some pretty good clues, and a twist with uh, Dr. Willis actually trying to commit the murder, but it turning out to happen some other way with the uh, monkey who cannot be tried for the charge. Now, my only complaint, and James Launce's as well, is there's no Superman in this episode that we see. Uh, Superman appears off stage, even on the Avenger, when we did that on Great Detectives. Even if it was totally surplus to requirements, we always got a scene where the Avenger came in and did his invisibility thing. So, kind of a little 
little cheated on this one, but still, it was an interesting mystery. Inspector Henderson showing a bit more uh, maturity than I think in the serial version, uh, even though it was odd of him, you know, to be giving this much pushback to Clark Kent. At least in the end, he really does uh, own up to the fact that he was wrong. Another thing you may have noticed at this episode is it references that you, the listener, are the only one who knows Superman's true identity. Uh, what this hints at is that for the ABC episodes, Batman is essentially considered written out and doesn't exist in the ABC Superman continuity. Though, uh, from what uh, Michael Hayde wrote in his book, Flots of Fantasy, it doesn't sound like he was in the mutual half-hour episodes. All right, well, very quickly to listener comments and feedback. Phil uh, writes in, I love the Superman radio show. You're a really great host. Very uh, great insight. Well, thanks so much, Phil. Well, we are actually going to take the uh, next week off for Christmas. But before we go, I do want to give you a Christmas message from Superman. This was aired on the December 24th episode of the Half Hour Superman series we're listening to, but actually only the last half of the episode's available, so it's not in a condition that I would be able to play the whole thing. But we can go ahead and listen to Superman's uh, Christmas message, uh, and here it is. Here is a special Christmas message from Superman himself. Friends, this is an extra special Christmas for me because it marks the 11th year my adventures have been broadcast on the radio. Hardly seems that long, probably because you've all been such faithful listeners. The letters you've written through the years have been, as you know, more than welcome. And I've tried to answer each and every one of them. And so on this 11th Christmas, a season of joy and happiness, of giving and receiving... I would like to thank all of you for the invaluable gift of your faithful listening and wish you a very Merry Christmas. Very nice and uh, respectful message. Um, And uh, one thing, of course, that does stand out, and I'm going to nitpick a little bit, is I honestly don't know where he got the total of 11 Christmases. Though I don't blame... uh, Bud Collier for that. This statement was, I think, obviously expressed his sentiments, but was written by a writer, and there easily could have been some confusion. This would actually only be the tenth Christmas that Superman was on the air, because this was Christmas 1949, and he was on 1940, 41, 42, 43, 44, 40. 5, 46, 47, 48, and 49. Where the mix-up probably came in was when they were calculating, uh, or perhaps is when they were calculating seasons. Because Superman had uh, multiple seasons that would interact with the same year. For example, the initial run of syndicated Superman episodes uh, ran from 1940 to 42, and then the mutual episodes picked up and ran from 1942 to 1949, and then there was a season of the half-hour episodes over mutual in 1949, 
And now we have another season of half-hour episodes uh, from 1949 to 1950 over ABC. So you can see kind of how they could have gotten 11 seasons somehow out of 10 years and 10 Christmases on the air. But now that I've totally over-explained that, I will say that it's a great uh, message reflecting the values of the entertainment industry of the time, also the overall class of Bud Collier. And it's, it's an incredible run for Collier, 10 years total as uh, Superman and 10 uh, Christmases. Although this would turn out to be his very last one on the show. But at any rate, that will actually be all for today. Join us back here in two weeks, January 1st, 2018, as we continue on with the adventures of Superman and celebrate our 10th year on the air. If you do have a comment, send it to me, adam at adamsweb.us, and be sure and rate the show on iTunes, and pick up your copy of Speed Trap, available for 99 cents, or free to Kindle Unlimited customers, or free for borrow with the Kindle Owners Lending Library. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.